and welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. Today we are continuing our study on the pastoral epistles. We now join in progress part four of our continuing study. First Timothy chapter three and verse six then tells us, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Not a novice. A novice is someone who's without experience. He's a baby Christian. And as a baby, he really doesn't know enough to be in the ministry. Young preachers are especially subject to vanity. And that's what a novice is subject to. They overrate their abilities. They're susceptible to flattery. They think because they're new in the ministry that they know more than anybody else. It's kind of like the old saying, they've got all the answers. But they don't even know what the questions are. He said, not a novice, lest they being lifted up with pride. That's like Diotrephes in 3 John chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. John says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. That's vanity. That comes from being lifted up with your own pride. And not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. You do what I say or else. Pride is a destroyer. The first mention you find of pride in Scripture is in Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 19. Listen to what it says. And I will break the pride of your power. They were proud of their power. And I will make your heaven as iron, and your earth as brass. That's their problem. Pride. And God says, I'll bring you down. Pride comes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 tells us, pride brings not only a fall and destruction, but it brings contention. Only by pride cometh contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 13 and verse 10 tells us, Now, why not a novice? Well, lest he, the novice, fall into reproach. His fall is going to come, and the danger of it cannot be ignored. The reproach is that he is held in contempt for not living for the Savior, for the Lord, and for not being an ensample to the flock, as we're commanded to be in Philippians chapter 3 and Verse 17, not only is he susceptible to falling into reproach, but also the snare of the devil. That's the fall that came on Satan. We read about it in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. It says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Verse 15, he says, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. This is the trap that the devil fell into. And it's marked by, I will. It's my will, not God's will. 
It's what I will do, not what God wants me to do. This is the trap that lays for the pastor, an elder, a bishop. Satan is always trying to destroy the work of the ministry. His whole desire is to destroy the pastor and the church. He can't take them to hell, but he can cause them to be a stumbling block to others that he can take to hell. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So we see then that these two things that are warned about in regards to verses 6 and 7 is the condemnation of the devil and the snare of the devil. The condemnation of the devil we read about in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 10 through 17. This condemnation of the devil will take place or be fulfilled in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 2. It says, And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So for a thousand years he's going to be bound and unable to influence this world at that point in time. And then in verse 10 of chapter 20, he says, And the devil that deceived them was then cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The condemnation of the devil is the lake of fire, ultimately, where death and hell are cast. The condemnation was the condemnation for pride. Pride comes from jealousy. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 10 through 17, which we read earlier. We see the pride of Satan. This same pride he wants to use as a weapon against God's preachers. He used it against Eve in the Garden of Eden. He offers to Eve the pride of knowing. Listen to what Genesis chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. Exactly what Satan wants to become. So he offers it to man, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her, her husband with her, and he did eat. So pride is a stumbling block that we've got to guard against. And the snare of the devil, it's like a bird catcher's net, which we read about in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 23, till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. The bird's flying, flying right into this net and doesn't realize that it's going to cost him his life. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 12 says, For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time, when it falleth suddenly upon them. We don't know what's going to befall us. We don't know what we're going to face. But we know we're going to face some things, and Satan wants to snare us. Trap us in his net, or like a large rope net that's used in Africa to catch lions. 
In Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse 13, Scripture says, My net also will I spread upon him, and he shall be taken in my snare, and I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans. Yet shall he not see it, though he shall die there. When God was going to bring judgment upon Israel, he said, I'm going to bring you to Babylon. You won't even see it happen, but you're going to die there. I'll spread my net upon him. He's going to be taken in my net. That's what God says he's going to do to Israel. And then he speaks to Babylon in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 24. Listen to what he says. I have laid a snare for thee, a trap, and thou art also taken, O Babylon, and thou wast not aware. Thou art found and also caught, because thou hast striven against the Lord. The Jews were snared because of their unbelief. They wouldn't believe God. David, in Romans chapter 11 and verse 9, is quoted saying, David saith, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. So the trap is set. The idea for the pastor and young preachers is if he doesn't pay his bills and maintain a testimony with the heathen, then the devil will get permission to trap him in a mess like Job. Now, we've seen then that the first seven verses deal with the requirements for the pastor, for the bishop. Then we come to verse 8, and this opens new qualifications, but these qualifications are for deacons in the church. And they're, very, they're very much like the qualifications for the bishop. So turn into your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. So likewise, that word likewise points backwards to the qualifications that were given in the first seven verses for bishops, for the pastor. Six of the nine qualifications that are given for the, for the deacons match the qualifications given for a pastor. Now notice he says likewise must, must means it's not optional. These are commands. This is commanded behavior. The deacons are servants in the church. The first deacons we find in the Bible are in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And again, I remind you of the rule of interpretation. The first mention tells us what is the definition from that point forward. So the first mention is in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. It says, In those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So deacons have the job of ministering to the needy in the church. Deacons fulfill an office in the church, just like the pastor fulfills 
says, likewise must the deacons be grave. They're to be serious-minded, not flippant, not careless. They're not to take their responsibilities lightly. It requires that they be sober and serious-minded, not double-tongued. That is, they're not a bunch of liars. Double-tongued is like that old serpent, the devil. He's a deceiver. We read about in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9. John chapter 8 and verse 44 also points out that he is a deceiver. Jesus said, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Deacons certainly are not to be like the devil, liars. So what a deacon says to one person must match what he says to another person. I can remember years ago when a man that I worked under talked to me and said one thing and talked to the other fellow that there was a dispute with and said another. And then when he talked to us together, he said an altogether different thing. That's not to be the behavior of God's people. And certainly not God's preachers and God's deacons. He's not given to much wine, the Bible says. That deals with that soberness again. Soberness excludes intoxication. These requirements are all negative. As one preacher says, it's the power of negative thinking. Not greedy of filthy lucre. Greedy of filthy lucre is the love of money, which is the root of all evil. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. When one's in love with money, he can be easily led astray. He's open to bribery. Here's these deacons supposed to be serving the needy in the church. They can't be open to bribery because bribery leads to corruption of judgment. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast on the pastoral epistles. Before you hit that exit button, how about take some time and leave us a comment or maybe a prayer request or What question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast, and you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. God bless.